This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It's amazing to me that Nick fans can sit and watch a game like last night and they can think to themselves, you know what we needed? We needed Evan Fournier. We got to get Fournier ready just in case we need him in the playoffs. A, it's ridiculous. He's terrible. And B, you sound like you're a moron. That's not the reason you lost putting Evan Fournier. The team could not throw the ball in the ocean. It's on the players that played, not the guy who's been sitting on the bench since February. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, people, Gordon Damer in for Dan. Two hours down, one more to go. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. We talked a lot of Knicks today. We'll get back to the phone calls in a second. But the NFL schedules came out, and much like the scene from the movie The Jerk, the phone books are here. The phone books are here. The NFL schedules are here. So now we can run down what we realistically expect both the Jets and Giants today. And the other night, we did it. We uh, Larry and I did our predictions for the Jets, for the Giants. And I ruffled some feathers with my Jets prediction. But here's the thing, and we'll run through the Giants as well. This is not just somebody shooting off at the hip, coming up with some hot take just for the sake of doing it. Unbeknownst to the listening audience the other night, what I did was I built a program through ChatGPT, through AI, and what it does is it accurately predicts what NFL teams can expect to do this season. Now, I can't share more details with you than that. It's proprietary information. If I told you it, I'd have to kill you. But all you need to know is, after the, the ruffled feathers the other night, I went back and I looked at the data that I put into the program, the initial input. I took a look at the the instructions, the input values, the output values, all the different computations that I put in. And sometimes you have to refine the algorithm, much like Seinfeld. It's not just about taking the reservations. It's about holding the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation. You have to refine the algorithm. So I saw that I got a lot of people ticked off. So I said, you know what? Much like Michael Scott, let's crunch the numbers again. Crunch them. So let's do it. The Jets schedule this year. I mentioned it the other night. Week one, obviously, the Bills. Monday night football. In some ways, maybe the most important game in the, of the season. Because, look, for the Jets to be successful, it falls into two likelihoods. Good season, great season. Good season is you could lose that game. You could find your way over the course of the season, especially over the second half of the season where the schedule looks like it's going to be much easier. Of course, we said that last year, right? We said that last year. Oh, how brutal the schedule is for the Jets early, but late. As long as you can hang around, and then we know what happened late. Woo, fell off a cliff. Fell off a cliff. So really, in some ways, the most important game of the season, the most important sliding door, if you will, of possibilities is that first game. Because if you're going to have a great season... You're going to have to win the division. And the way you win the division is by beating teams in the division. So the algorithm, the Gordon Damer Show algorithm, has the Jets opening with a W, 1-0. 
Then you move on to week two at the Cowboys. Very difficult schedule for the Jets early, it would seem, as we sit here in May. Things can change. But week two against the Cowboys, I have another win. I have the Jets starting 2-0. Then you have week three. And this is one, if you're a Jet fan, I don't know necessarily, maybe Jet players, but certainly Jet fans, you feel like this year things are going to be different. You're right. It's like you're mad as hell and you're not going to take it anymore. And if there was ever an organization that is due for some payback, if there was ever an organization you're going to play Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it anymore, much like the water boy when the, the football team ruins his setup and he attacks, that's the Jets team taking on the Patriots. They are due some payback. And week three, I think the Jets finally get a little payback against the Patriots, who I do not think are going to be very good this year. So I got the Jets 3-0. Hot start. Week four, though, Chiefs, Sunday, October 1st, Sunday night football. And I think this was the most controversial pick of the bunch. I get the Jets with a W. 4-0 to start the year. People, oh, Chiefs. Here's the thing. A, you're at home. When you're a really good team, you're expected to win your home games against everybody, even the Chiefs. And it's early in the season. You always would rather have the good teams, the teams that are expected to be title contenders, you want to get them early on. They're sometimes figuring things out early. You don't want them late in the season when they're getting on a roll. You want them early in the season when maybe a team like the Chiefs is experience a little a little uh, Super Bowl hangover. And you know, look, fans think the Chiefs are going to win every game by three touchdowns. Newsflash, the Chiefs don't win every game by three touchdowns. And they won't win this game either. The algorithm has spoken. Jets, 4-0. And once you get past that game, things start to get a little easier for the Jets, who I, I think you'd have to say, by all metrics and measures, have one of the easiest closing schedules. I know Jet fans every single year, oh, we got a brutal schedule, oh, we got a brutal Every year they tell me it's a brutal schedule. It's generally a brutal schedule because the Jets don't get a chance to play the Jets. That's the problem. But now you're the good team. Now you get to beat up on the bad teams. And I think the Broncos are going to be bad this year. You're at the Broncos week five. That's a W. Week six against the Eagles at home. That's a W. You go into the bye week six and oh. You come out against the Giants who, speaking of teams that you are due to get a little payback against. That's a W. The Jets are 7-0. The algorithm has, has, has run the numbers, people. It's run it twice now. Week 9, the Chargers, Monday Night Football. The Jets will be the toast of the NFL with Aaron Rodgers leading the offense. With the defense, which I heard last year, was not just a playoff defense. I heard from some people it was a Super Bowl defense. I did not hear that take so much after the Seattle game or the Jaguar game. But still, I heard it a lot last year. What am I up to? Week 9? That's a W. Week 10, Raiders, W. Week 11 against the Bills, the Jets are 10-0. The algorithm sees that game as a loss. Okay, so still, 10-1 at the Bills. That's a tough game. At Bills, Bills are going to be desperate at that point. They can feel their Super Bowl window slipping away because the Jets have the inside track at that point to winning the division and being maybe a, a, the, tump, the number one seed in the AFC. But how do the Jets respond to that first loss of the season? Does, does the season go the way other seasons, the way last season went? Does it fall off the cliff again? Week 12 against the Dolphins on Amazon Prime Video at 3 o'clock on Friday, Black Friday, November 24th. 
The Jets come up with a prime performance. That's a W. Week 13 against the Falcons, W. Week 14 against the Texans, W. Week 15 at the Dolphins, W. Week 16 against the Commanders, it's a W. Week 17 against the Browns on Thursday Night Football back on Amazon Prime. It's a W. Week 18 at the Patriots. The Jets will not need the game. Zach Wilson will be back in there and the Jets will lose. But uh, the original prediction was 16-1. and We ran the numbers again. It's different. The Jets. The Jets in 2023 will go 15 and two. And again, you might think this is just me playing. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know what people say. People were saying the other night. Oh, you're, I know what you're doing. I know. I know what you're. You're trying to do. I don't know. What am I trying to do? I don't want the Jets to be good. I want the Jets to stink. I hate the Jets. I despise the Jets. I'm a Dolphin fan. I don't want the Jets to be good. But that's what the algorithm has said. And look. This is not just somebody shooting off at the, at the hip, just kind of coming up with things on the fly. This is coming from the 2022 Cover 5 host champion of the station. Again, do, you, do I need to run down the numbers again? I ran them down all season last year. All the hosts, they all competed. They all got the email. We ran the numbers, and that one was not even close. I was in first by a wide bar. I have the numbers right here. I finished in 94th. Michael K finished in second, 232, uh, 233. I was 94th. Michael was 233. That's a big gap. And the gap from there only grew. Don was in third at 312. Dan. Tweet that. 518. They ain't winning. Dave, 584. Right next to Rick, we who suck. was at 594. We suck. Larry, Peter, I don't want to bring up their numbers. I work with Larry. I don't want to. I don't want to hit on the sore spot. But Larry was was far down, not as far as Peter. But th- that's the thing. I was the Cover Five champion last year, and I expect big things from this New York Jets team this year. Now we also ran the numbers for the Giants, who apparently for some reason don't get music. This is ah, there it is. First six weeks of the year, the Jets, ha- or excuse me, the Giants have to have one of the toughest schedules. You take a look at the teams that they're playing those first six weeks. They're also one of only four teams that play three straight road games without a bye, and they wrap up the season with both of their games against the Eagles in a three-week span, which is that's not when you want to play the really good teams. And if you expect the Eagles to be good again, which I do, the algorithm does, that's not when you want. You want to play them early on. Maybe they're still struggling. Maybe there's some injuries from training camp. Now, I do have the Giants going back to the playoffs, but if anybody is going to complain about a brutal schedule, the schedule may kind of screwed them over. The Giants have a far greater case than the Jets, and if the Giants are going to go back to the playoffs, man, they will have certainly have earned it. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get back to your phone calls. We'll do some baseball stuff, 1130. We got uh, what I learned on TikTok. Still lots to do before noon. It's Gordon Damer in for Dan, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. It's a W. 
This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Now, guys, uh, they brought up to me uh, Harvey and, and Joe, who are doing a fine job on this Saturday morning. Always do. Always love working with them, even though Harvey is a little bit, uh, you know, trying to stick it to, to Nick fans today. You brought up this uh, this article by uh, Nick Friedel about three burning questions for the New York Knicks. Can you can you give them to me again, Harvey? Because I do have the memory of a goldfish that I can't remember thirty seconds ago. Sure. So I will give it to you. One, two, three. The first one was: Have the Knicks hit the Tibbs ceiling, considering his past exits in Chicago and Minnesota? Okay. Second one was: Do the Knicks have assets? Uh, to get disgruntled superstar, I think we can all agree yes. Yes, yes, they do. That and number three, easy. number three is the most interesting one. If Jalen Brunson is indeed your best player, how far can this team go? Well, I'll take the the last per the last part first. Uh, well, yeah, he's your best player. How far can you go? Well, how well does the second guy play? Because last night the second guy was three of fifteen and has many turnovers as shots made. So it's really not about how far you can go with Jalen Brunson. It's about who can you get to be a running mate for this guy that can actually do something productive in the game because if the Knicks had that guy last night, we would be getting ready for Game 7 today. You know, like we could all feel like this was a good season and the Heat just played better and the future is bright, but you, you, have to, you can't avoid the fact that if the Knicks simply got any production from anybody else on the team last night outside of Jalen Brunson, we would be getting ready for a Game 7. The first one about the tip ceiling, let me get this straight, because sometimes I'm the problem. I'll be the first to admit it. Sometimes I'm the problem, and I need things to explain to me like I'm a five-year-old. But explain this one to me. People are actually going to be questioning tips and thinking that this is the time that the Knicks, may, they might have to change the head coach. So an organization that has been in the wilderness in terms of head coaches, for basically two decades, I mean, uh, Woodson had a, a decent run, but for the better part of two decades, an organization that has been completely lost. They hire, they bring in a new regime who hires Tibbs. In the first year, he's coach of the year. In the second year, the team takes a massive step back, does not even compete for the play-in. And then year three, they exceed pretty much everybody's expectations and win a playoff series for the first time in a decade. And he gets votes for Coach of the Year. I don't think he got any first-place votes, but he did get votes for Coach of the Year, and it's not outlandish. He had a, a, the team did a fantastic job this year by all metrics and measures. And people think that's the time. You know what? I think it's time to shake things up and fire the coach. What, what are you talking about? Tibbs is not going anywhere. And I'll be the first to admit, when they hired Tibbs, I was not a big fan of the move. But sometimes you have to change your opinion based on the evidence. And the evidence so far is that Tibbs has done an amazingly good job as the Knicks head coach. And I'll be the first to admit, sometimes you, in, the, in the, the lead up to a championship or in the road to a championship, sometimes you do have to shift gears. Sometimes you got a guy that can take you to a certain level, and then you need that guy who can take you over the top. Maybe that does turn out to be the case. Maybe somewhere down the road, that is the move that the Knicks will have to make. That Tibbs can only get them so far, and somebody else will have to get them across the finish line. But that's not right now. The Knicks are not a championship-level team. And while there were things in the series that I didn't like, 
And clearly, Tibbs uh, did not win the coaching matchup against, um, against Spolstra. That's not the time you're going to. There is a 0.0% chance the Knicks are firing Tibbs after this year. What are people talking about? Oh, all right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to Aaron in Manhattan. Aaron, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon, how you doing? I'm good, Aaron. What's going on, man? Good. So uh, I'm a Heat fan. Uh, mad respect to Jalen Brunson. Uh, what a player. Uh, you guys got a uh, gold mine there. But, uh, no, I'm calling because uh, a few Knicks fans have been calling, and, uh, you know, they're, they're acting like if they should have won, uh, should, should beat the Heat, and I find that comical. They're forgetting a few things. Miami Heat beat the one seed. Um, also, game two, if we would have had Jimmy Butler, we would have crushed them. And Spo is one of the best coaches in the NBA, coach circles around Tibbs. We have the best player in the playoffs, Jimmy Butler, so far. So He wasn't the best the player Knicks in the series, The Knicks fans that say that they should have won, <laughs> there's no way. The Heat are a winner. The Knicks have been losers for 20 years, and that's the bottom line. All right, well, look, that has absolutely nothing to do with this series. Uh, and Jimmy Butler was not the best player in the series. Jalen Brunson was the best player in the series. Now, you're right. If they, had, if they had Butler for game two, they likely win game two. And the Heat were the better team over the course of the series, and they deserved to win the series. But that said, if the Knicks had gotten any production from anyone outside of Jalen Brunson last night, I don't really think it's arguable we're getting ready for a game seven. But they didn't get that. So and, and credit to the Heat. They deserve to win. We'll see if they can if they can go. You know, they're back in the Eastern Conference Finals again, which before the season, I don't think would have shocked anybody. It's only a surprise because of how they played during the course of the season where there was legitimate talk of maybe they have to tear this group down to to kind of remake it because it seemed like that they were out of gas. They lost a play in game and then they go and, and think about that lost a play in game which was the Mavericks, right? The Mavericks didn't want to play in the play-in. They wanted to make sure they kept their pick. And now you have two teams that played in the play-in, in the Lakers and the, the, the Heat, that are now going on to the, to, to the Final Four. Still outrageous that the NBA did not punish. I never want to hear the NBA ever talk again about tanking and how they're down on tanking with what they did. The, the, the joke of a punishment that they gave to the Mavericks as a result of that. Uh, let's go out to, uh, is it Ish in New York City? Ish, next up on the Gordon Dammer Show. Hi, Gordon. Can you hear me? I got you, man. Okay, yeah. I was calling. I was just wondering why Tibbs didn't give Evan Fournier any minutes during the series. Uh, I think it might be because he's terrible. Yeah, but, but I just felt like he, he couldn't give him any different looks in terms of three-point shooting during the series. Uh, I, just, I just felt like they needed something different down the stretch. Well, look, Ish, I appreciate the phone call. Um, yeah, they did need, they needed the guys who are playing to play better. Evan Fournier was not the missing piece. Evan Fournier was terrible. And here's the thing. Let's say after not playing since February, literally not playing since February, that, that Evan Fournier is not rusty at all. In fact, has gotten better than he was when he was unplayable and was benched. Do you think that his defensive limitations would have been exploited at all by, um, by Eric Spolstra? I'm guessing they probably would have. Guys, come on. I, I know we want to try and find something to complain about. You can't blame Tibbs for not playing Evan Fournier. And the, the comparison that people have made, well, what about Lonnie Walker? Lonnie Walker has been playing. 
He play, now, he didn't play a lot uh, in some of the games of the Memphis series, but he played, he, he at least, he was actually on the court. He was actually on the court during the, the Warriors series. He played significant minutes. Evan Fournier, again, has not played since February. That's not the problem. And he will not be back. I, I, I feel confident in saying that he's not going to be back. Sean is in Puerto Rico. Sean, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, how are you? Big fan of yours. Thanks, Sean. You're the one. All right, good. Thanks, man. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, you're you're preaching to the choir, and there's a consistent message across all the calls today. The Knicks are not one piece away. The Knicks, you know, the most famous venue on earth in the best city should have a marquee name. We don't have one. And whoever comes in, we still need these pieces. You need a Julius Randle. You need an A.J. Barrett. I spoke to you about this a couple of weeks ago. You mentioned the possibility of Luka Doncic. I just want your comments on if you think that would put us over the top or if what we're doing would even attract someone like him. And then at the end, I'm wondering if the Sixers lose tomorrow, if you think that they will get rid of Doc Rivers. Thank you, and have a great weekend. All right, Sean. Yeah, it's, it's R.J. Barrett, not A.J. Barrett. But, uh, look, I think they do have that centerpiece in Brunson. It's only one year, but if that's all I got to go on, uh, I can make a compelling case. Now, the question is for Brunson, can he keep this up, right? That's what superstars do. They do it year in and year out, and he's only done it the one year. So that still remains to be seen, but I feel confident that's not an issue. Like, if I'm listing the problems and the solutions, he's in the solutions column. That's not, that's not a question. But finding that other superstar, we were just kind of talking about who that guy could be and, and, and listing, you know, between age and ability, if, if – if Luka Doncic ever became available, absolutely I would want the Knicks to investigate that and, 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 and try to land that kind of player because I do think that he is a true superstar. So that would be fantastic. But I, I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon. But if it does, hey, I, I'm on board. Uh, but it, that's the problem about waiting around for a disgruntled superstar. You kind of have to keep your, your, your eyes on the you know, fingers in all pies and, and try to wait to, to something actually pops up. I don't know that that's going to pop up anytime soon in terms of Luka, but certainly Kyrie. If they bring back Kyrie, all of a sudden, I think the odds go up. We'll throw that one through the algorithm. I think that that would help the odds of, of it going up. I don't know that they're going to bring him back. It's, they said that they will, but sometimes there's a change of plans. Sometimes there's a change of plans. So that would be – if you are someone uh, that likes the Knicks or you like Luka Doncic, you want to see him playing someplace else – I don't know that there's any single move that could impact that more than the Kyrie Irving move. Everybody loves it. I always say, Kyrie, when they get you, when they get him, it's like the the opening scenes of that movie about a haunted house. Everybody loves it. This house is great. The backyard is fantastic. There's a pool. Wow, look at the size of this kitchen. So much natural light. And then within 30 minutes of the movie, the the walls are bleeding and there's a, a, a headless voice coming from the attic. You know, that's the way it goes with Kyrie sometimes. Just about every time. It does not age well, let's put it that way. But if that's the superstar that becomes available, it's all about who becomes available. It's all about who becomes available. Um, and, and do they want to come here as well? That's, that, I think that's part of it, too. Let's go to uh, Little Buddha. Little Buddha's in the Bronx. Little Buddha, what's going on, pal? Hey, what's up, my man? What's going on, man? It's been How a minute. You, Chilling, chilling, man. Yo, two things. Um, first of all, um, congratulations, Draymond Green. You played yourself. Because you said a few months ago that TNT, ESP Radio, all that, that 
if the Lakers got Kyrie, that you still beat the Lakers. Well, guess what? The Lakers beat you. So you played yourself, all right? The second thing, I want to make my point. What the Knicks has three consistent players the most that causes the Knicks, you know, not to play well. Quickly, RJ, Randall. Amongst the three, Randall is the most consistent. But the thing about Randall, he's not consistent when it matters the most. So we all know what the Knicks need, another star, another player. Now, I disagree with Stephen A. Smith last night when he said Julius Randle should get traded. No, Julius Randle is the transmission for the car. Jalen Brunson is the engine of the car. What the Knicks need is a starter. That starter is the second greatest shooter God has ever created, Damian Lillard. That's what the Knicks need. We all know what he's capable of doing. He's consistent. He'll bring less pressure to the other players. And he has great communication and experience skills playing with Josh Hart. That's who the Knicks need. Well, Little Buddha, that's a name. And thanks for the phone call. That's a name that's been mentioned before. Uh, It's going to – now, every time it's been mentioned before, it's been also mentioned that he does not want to leave Portland. Maybe that has changed now. Maybe he wants his way out. Maybe he wants to go win someplace else, and he realizes that it's just not not going to happen in Portland despite the, the efforts to bring people to him. So maybe that's a possibility, and, and, and who wouldn't want Damian Lillard? Who wouldn't want Damian Lillard? But again, it, it comes to what's the price, what's the cost, does he want to come here? That's all part of it. But yeah, if we're creating a list of acceptable players, <laughs> as Damian Lillard would be on the acceptable list. No question about it. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. It's the Gordon Damer Show, filling in for Dan Grassa on the Dan Grassa Show, only on 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Hey, MLB Round Trippers is driven by Coach USA. So I guess I give the home runs for last night. Mets didn't hit any, even though they were taking on the terrible uh, Nationals. Uh, Anthony Rizzo had a couple, including that big one uh, for him. What was that in the the fifth? No, it was the seventh, uh, the eighth. Eighth inning last night for Rizzo. Two shots for him. Volpe had the shot in the fifth inning, number five for him. And that's MLB Round Trippers driven by Coach USA. Make your commute to the city easy on a Coach USA bus. For schedules and fares, go to CoachUSA.com or download the Coach USA app to buy, store, and scan your tickets. And just to, uh, before we get back to the phones here, hit on the Yankees just a little bit. Good win last night. Good fight. Good to see them win a game against the Rays with Cole on the mound. Problem is, uh, Yankees are not a good team. I mean, last night, six through nine in the order were IKF, Volpe, Trevino, and Oswaldo Cabrera. And for all the excuses about injuries, who's coming back anytime soon that's saving that, that, that lineup? I'd love to have Stanton back. That would certainly be a major improvement. But the bottom of that order still stinks. And this, I know one thing. This team is not it. This team is not competing for any of the goals that a Yankee team should be competing for. So there's two ways forward. Either the kids, Volpe, Cabrera, produce at shockingly high levels, or you're going to have to remake the bottom of that order somewhere during the year. And my question is, can they hang in long enough to get to the trade deadline? Does this organization have the will 
to actually make the improvements that are needed by the trade deadline. And, and do they hang in it long enough? Because there's been lots of trades here the last few years. They've patched, patched lots of holes, or at least tried to patch a lot of holes. They've dealt a lot of prospects. And do they do that again, given that they're right up against the luxury tax? And where are they going to be? Is the ALE still going to be loaded at that point? Are the Red Sox and the Orioles still going to be good teams that the Yankees are competing against? Are the Angels still going to be competing in the West? Are the Rangers still going to be good? You figure at some point the Astros are going to wake up. So it would not shock me if all those things... Um, if all those things were to remain the same, which would be surprising, but if all those things do remain the same, it would not be shocking if the Yankees, to me, don't go all in. And don't try, they never go all in, but they, they don't make uh, sizable moves to fix the team. And there's been a lot of conversation, I think, uh, was it uh, Buster who was talking to somebody? Buster only? About the, the Yankees moving forward, the unmovable contracts that they have. And you look at, all right, they're paying you know, second most in baseball. They got $270 million. For next year, they got $160 million locked up in six guys. Stanton, Judge, Cole, Radon, LeMahieu signed through 2026. Aaron Hicks is still, still around, still hanging in there. So uh, we'll, we'll see. The Yankees uh, will certainly be uh, center of attention now with the Knicks gone and everything else. But um, it's not, uh, not a great look right now for the Yankees, I'll say that, even despite the one last night. All right, back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's see here. Uh, Danny is on Long Island. Danny, go, my man. Good morning, Gordon. Just so uh, we don't mess up, we failed to mention Aaron Rodgers during the four hours, so you know we are. No, uh, I, I mentioned, I, I ran through the Jets schedule. I think I mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yes, correct. I, yes. I, I stand down. God, I, I thought would, we almost I forgot to mention his name. It wouldn't Rogers. be the same without him. Yeah. Uh, I also mentioned to your call screen, maybe he could wrap up a little Gloria Estefan Miami sound machine just to rub the salt in everybody's room. Right. A I'm sure that's more. the last break. I'm sure that's probably yeah. going to be there. So, you know what? I, I watched more basketball this year than I've watched a lot of years. So I took a liking to the team. And so I'm not an expert, but I, I, I love listening to Spike. Omar's out of his mind. It was a great, it was a great cast of characters. that they, they covered everything today. I think you summed it up when you said the Knicks fans love the foundation but want to trade everybody. But when I see Julius Randle play, it's like he's – it's like he's playing World War One trench warfare when we're in World War Two playing Blitzkrieg. When it's a, it's a game of movement, speed, passing, three point shots, you know, dazzling. You know, push the ball up the court as fast as you can because you know you watch a Nick game and then two minutes later you watch Lakers Warriors and you're thinking, is this the same sport? Is there different rules? Because this and that's the problem, Randall. He's a good player. He's a good person. He's not into, but and he's a winning player. And he's a spot for him on a team somewhere. But the rules, I watch guys take three or four steps and there's no more traveling. The rules don't allow allow for such movement that his style of play works in the regular season. But at the end of the games and in the playoffs where everything's contested, not what you need. I'm sorry. That, that's what I see. I'm not, a, I'm not a professional. No, look, Danny, I don't think you're going to be alone. And thanks for the phone call. Uh, a lot of people have – it's pretty clear, right? Like if, you, you, if it were an isolated incident where this was the first time the Knicks were making the playoffs and Randall did what he did, you'd say, all right, well, maybe it's the injury. It's just a bad series. But now you, you've got more evidence, right? It was not just one series. It was both series. It was the series two years ago that he is – for whatever reason – his game does not translate to the postseason. And you cannot, after year one, after the first time with the Hawks series, we all were in agreement, well, you cannot have Randall be the lead guy on a team that can compete deep into the playoffs. You have to go out and get better pieces around him. This series, you had a better piece around him. 
and he didn't get any better. So it's not even like he can be the second option. And is his, is his style of play, would that translate to being a third option on a team? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. Seems like he's pretty ball dominant, needs to have the ball in his hands. And what's his attitude going to be if he doesn't, if, if the shots are, are, are far more limited than the, what they are now? Nobody's going to disagree that if there's a deal to be made for Randall, the Knicks might be better off going that route. But whether or not that is, again, you guys can all see it. I saw it. Problem is all the other teams saw it too. And I don't know that there's a team right now uh, getting together and saying, you know who we can get? We can get Julius Randall. Let's do it. I don't think that that, guy's, that, that team's out there. Uh, let's go. Richard in Connecticut. Richard next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Yeah, hi. Listen, I don't think they should trade Julius Randall. Julius Randall is not a problem. Listen, I have a trade. Julius okay. Randall is a very, very good player. I have a trade proposal that I think will change everything. I make, it will make both teams happy. Okay. Give it to me. I'm, I'm looking ready. The next you call, hello? Yeah, go ahead. No, hello? we're waiting. The next, the next you call New Orleans Pelicans uh-huh. and ask for Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. You go and get, yes, you go and get Brandon Ingram, right? You trade R.J. Berry, that will make Zion Williams happy. R.J. Berry and Obi Toppin. Zion will be happy. He will stay in, in uh, New Orleans, and the Knicks will be happy with Brandon Ingram, a small forward, and, and, and uh, 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 Bronson, uh, 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 how do you call it? Bronson, Julius Rondo, Brandon Ingram. Just think about how good the Knicks will be. Then you go, you go to uh, Utah and get a, a sub-shooter, a sniper, Clarkson. Clarkson is a sub-shooter. He's a free agent. That is who you want to go and get. You don't need to trade. You need Rondo. You don't subtract. You add. You want to win a championship? You add. You don't subtract. Rondo is a piece. Bronson is a piece. Go and get Brandon Ingram. It will make Zion Williams happy to play with his buddy, RJ Berry, and they will, let, they will definitely make, make the trade for Brandon Ingram. Couple of... Couple of uh, all right, Richard. All right, we got you. We got you. All right. So you want you want Brandon Ingram? Um, I hear you. Uh, I find it funny that you're saying you, you don't subtract. You add, but you're subtracting <laughs> R.J. Barrett and uh, Obi Toppin. The problem there is, and I like Brandon Ingram. Throw him on the list of players I would like to have at the right price. That's great. The problem is, is though, okay, then Rand- Randall has not displayed anything in the playoffs that tells you that he's even a third piece. And can his game work? without the ball in his hands. And uh, it, it, it didn't improve from, from the first year of the playoffs to, the second, uh, to the, this year's playoffs by having uh, a superstar to play with. It just doesn't seem like he's a guy that play- And it's not just like a little drop-off. He goes from uh, an all-star player in the regular season, an all-NBA player in the regular season, to one of the least efficient players you can find come playoff time. That's more than like a little glitch. That might, be, that might be a fundamental flaw. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, we'll talk a little Devils. No, we're going to talk more Knicks next to wrap things up on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know what fact I found yesterday? This one will depress you if you're of a certain age. I'm 52. I found out yesterday through that dopey TikTok Norman Fell, the man who played Mr. Roper on, the, uh, on Three's Company and then later on the Ropers for a season, 
He was 53 when that series began. I am one year younger than Mr. Roper. Oh, my God. That just, my heart sank. That is as depressing a fact as you will ever have. You're one year, ugh, it's almost over. It's almost, I'm running out of time. <laughs> running out of time. We're running out of time on the show. Let's get some calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN. Pierre is in Valley Stream. Pierre, go, my man. Pierre, yes, go. This is GM. Um, I don't want to beat a dead horse. We all know what needs to happen with Randall, um, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But I've been listening all morning, and um, I'm not saying that you're off base, but Tibbs got outcoached. And I'm I'm saying he's, he's not a bad coach. We've seen what he can do with different organizations, currently with the Knicks, but I don't think he's going to be that guy to take us to the next level. Give him a front office position. Have him push some paper. Do some, you know, do some facing. Um, the reason I say that is, we in game one, towards the end of the game when Jimmy Butler got injured, they didn't run plays to make Jimmy play D. They, you know, they didn't try to exploit the injury, right? That was a close game that went down to the wire. We basically gave away game one. And then last night, who's responsible for having <clears> – <throat> who's responsible for having um, Randall on the floor at that juncture of the game when he's not producing? Who's responsible? He- well, look, here, Pierre, we're running out of time. Uh, he did take out Randall for a good section and put uh, Obi back in there. Uh, I-, I get it. Uh, no, I don't think anybody's giving Tibbs a pass, but there's nothing that Tibbs did to make Randall go three for 15 and, and, and RJ one for 10. At some point, it's on the players. And you're right. Maybe Tibbs is not the guy that will get the Knicks over the finish line of a championship, but we, I think we've seen here the Knicks are a little further away from that finish line than maybe we, we might hope at this point. Mel is in Queens. Mel, go, my man. What's going on, Gordon? Um, yeah, I saw the same way as the last caller. Um, just like we can highlight all the playoff struggles that Randall has time and time again, we can also see how Tibbs is being outcoached time and time again. You know, as good as he was, he's not the only coach that brought the Knicks to the second round. Mike Woodson did the same thing. So I just think the Knicks need a fresh voice. I mean, you got uh, Frank Vogel out there. You got Quinn Snyder out there. You got um, the person that everybody wants in New York, Mark Jackson. So they got a lot of options out there in which people want. And the championship-type uh, caliber coaches or great good coaches, even Kenny Axelson. Uh, he, he's a good coach. So you, you got no. options out there. No. But I just think Thibs, he, he no did offense. what he had to Thank, do. Mel, thanks for the phone call. There, there's no ch- there's, I'm telling you guys, if, if you are getting your hopes up on Tibbs getting fired, no shot. Zero. They're not doing that. Reggie is in Brooklyn. Reggie, go, my man. Reggie, go, my man. Hello? Yes, Reggie, go. Yeah, hello? Yes, yes, hello, hello? go. I'm talking about uh, Randall. Randall needs to be traded. Randall needs to be traded. Randall is the problem. It's not Tibbs. Tibbs is not our issue. It's Randall. His attitude is is just terrible. Okay, he's a poison and he's a cancer in the locker room. He does not accept the fact that Jalen Brunson is now the leader of the Knicks. Last night they was up 31 to 17. 
Randall came down and dribbled the ball up court and would not pass it to Brunson two times. And that's when Miami went on their run and got back into the game. Well, look, Reggie. Yeah, that was in the first quarter. Look, it's not it's not hard to dissert, to, you know, to figure out that um, Randall's playoff performances are just not good enough. And if a deal does present itself, hey, great. But this idea that Nick fans have that hey, the future is bright. I feel good about our organization. I love the direction we're going. But get rid of Tibbs. Get rid of Randall. Trade R.J. Barrett. Guys, pick a lane. And then stay in it. And it's not going to be the one with massive changes this offseason. That's going to do it for us. Anita is up next. 98.7 FM ESPN New York. You need an A.J. Barrett.